right now on VFN TV, how Donald Trump's has drastically disrupted the spirit realm. And what does that mean for us? Lance Walner is going to be sharing that. CBS does a survey that says almost 66% of Democrats believe that Christians are just as bad as radical Islamists. What? And we'll be finding out how 50 men in Silicon Valley are controlling 1 billion people on the face of the earth right now. And a awesome word about the, the Lord and what he's saying about our president and how he is definitely an unstoppable God right now on VFN TV. Welcome to VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. That's L-I-G-H-T, light, with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome to VFN TV. I'm Greg Lancaster, and joining me just a moment is Steve Kalaszewski. Well, think about it. If you remember back when you're studying the Bible, you learned about King Ahab and Queen Jezebel and how God raised up a government official by the name of Jehu, but anointed him by using Elijah to anoint him. What did he do? He went in and began to disrupt everything that Ahab and Jezebel and all the Dagon and Baal and the Shira and all the false gods that they had set up. But God set up one man, put him in government. He began to change all the heads of government. As a matter of fact, let's join Lance Walnut right now on the Jim Baker Show as he tell, tells us more about how God has set Donald Trump, President Donald Trump up to be able to disrupt the spiritual realm and what that means to us. Let's take a look. What did you think of the president's address? It's been so criticized. Mm. Of what course it was criticized. It? Because, because this is what I mean about we got to sit back and look at it. It is, un, it is unlike any presidential address in recorded history yeah. because what Trump basically said is, imagine the spirit realm. The establishment Republicans weren't rooting for him to win. The entrenched progressive Democrats weren't rooting for him to win. Trump is literally an individual raised up like a Cyrus candidate for the sake of God's people, Israel and the church. You said he was Cyrus. I said, you said Isaiah 45 will be the 45th president. Yeah. And uh, what what is happening is the anointing on Trump is to be a wrecking ball. The two lead gates of Babylon. He, he broke open. And, he said, and it says Cyrus is going to go into Babylon without a fight. When he took those over 300 electoral votes, he just went straight in. And so we're, where we are now is we are watching the spirit of Jezebel responding to the spirit of Elijah. Oh. And, and the Elijah anointing came on oh. Jehu, who was the governing official who dealt with Jezebel. So what Trump did in his inaugural address was he punched the globalist one world movement in the nose. So most people miss this, that what he was saying at another level is we are not here to do deals with Europe and special interest groups and vested elites that make big money rolling the dice and using nations like the United States to fund their global agendas from now on. Every deal that's done benefits the United States when the United States is in it. Yes! Wow. He was sending a signal to the one world order. That's right. You see, everybody focuses on Islamic extremism. Islamic extremism is dangerous because they want a caliphate, a unified Islamic state. 
More dangerous than that is what's happened in Europe and what happened in the United States as progressives began to to remove religion as a foundation and replace the elite intelligence of man and science in the place of that, where there is no moral backbone to making decisions, gradually assimilating us all into a one-world economy. That's where the Antichrist comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what Trump did was Trump was risen up as the door was closing and judgment was coming on America. And we were heading down that road where our economy right. would have absolutely spiraled out of, out of existence. And God put a mercy visit instead. He put yeah. a hard-nosed prophetic yeah. Cyrus yeah. who stands there at the door and says, no, there's going to be an extension of peace and grace on America. America is not, the church isn't ready. And by the way, there are nations that are sheep nations connected to America. The gospel that goes from here around the world is going to Christians. This battle is global. Every Christian in the world knows it. They were praying in Africa for this election because every Christian nation knows if America goes down, tyranny comes up. That's right. Trump was God's answer to help America recover from becoming a goat nation to a sheep nation so that other nations can become sheep nations. This is a world order battle. Expect it to be played out in a world order level. But they berated him. Meg, have you seen the newspapers that, if I'm not going to tell you where to look for them, but the covers of them, they made Trump a clown. Mm. The clown face. Did you see any of those? Sure, absolutely. To turn our president into a clown. And there's an evil force, people. It's not just these cool movie stars that think they're better and they think we're not nice people or something or he's not nice. This is just what you said. This is warfare in the heavenly. It is. And, And... what, are, what will they keep doing? Do you think, will they wear them down? Do you have any? Oh, absolutely. What you're going to see is the media is going to be assailing perpetually the legitimacy of Trump as president. And so now the Putin story is gone and all that perversion and that stuff's gone. And then they're going to go to the inauguration size of the thing. They will seize on every loose appendage. Because this is interesting. We're dealing with principalities here. There's a spirit called Leviathan which right. is, in the Bible refers to a spirit that is a, a creature of the Nile, which would be the crocodile. Now, a crocodile can't move its jaw like we do. So it has one single thing. It seals itself on an object, mm-hmm. and then you see the crocodile spinning in like the Amazon in mm-hmm. the water. What it's doing is it's trying to spin to dismember something, mm-hmm. a limb. Mm-hmm. The media will seize upon every loose participle of Trump's action or behavior in order to grab it and spin cycle it through the echo chamber of media to dismember the credibility of him in office. This is so exciting when you get to see God's hand in action. No man can take credit for this. People pray, they cried out to God and God moved mightily. And I think about when the Lord told me uh, and I prophesied it uh, in the middle of what looked like great tragedy, before all these things started happening, he said, the seat of evil is going to come down and the seat of the righteous is going to rise. And I declared it and I was looking around all these dark things going on. But just like God told me and what he said to me specifically in a night vision, I was in this particular place. They were treating people unjustly and I realized what was going on. And I picked up the phone and I started to, to call. When I called, God began to speak to me literally in this night vision on, a, on the phone. 
And he says, he said, right down to the T, he says, listen, the seat of evil is going to come down and the seat of the righteous is going to rise. As a matter of fact, we were going to be located at one time in Texas, in Denton, Texas, as we're going to have our studios and our dream center in Texas. But the Lord said to come back and stay, stay on the Gulf Coast because I am going to take down Jezebel. I mean, he told me he's going to take down that principality Jezebel. And Pastor John Kilpatrick, Church of His Presence, prophesied that Jezebel's last year, last days was in last year. And that's what happened. This is the taking down of that principality. And we're seeing that come to, come to pass. So what did God do to be able to deal with Jezebel? He raised up a particular government official, uh, and his name was Jehu. And Elisha went and just found him suddenly out of little nowhere. Nobody knew what was going on. He laid hands on him, just like God told him to. And you remember, I remember the boardroom of, and, and Trump Towers of ministers gathering around uh, Jehu, if you would, and praying, praying for him. And at that time, everybody's thinking, that just can't happen. That, you know, that's not going to happen. But God told me October the 3rd, it was going to happen, October the 3rd, 2016, that he would be the next president. And he showed me that he would be just as surprised as, as everybody was. But God put him there. And so we're seeing, this is exciting day. So when you start seeing people that were doing things so wrong, uh, saying that we're no longer a we're no longer a Judeo-Christian nation, that we're not a friend of Israel, that they're emboldening the enemies of Israel, like the Iran nuclear deal and the, uh, the, the billion, the cash for hostages. They're taking our military in and they're shaming our military in front of the whole world. I mean, things that was going on, it was just crazy. We, sh you show we showed you our last program, how our former president treated the prime minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, was just shaming him and doing these different things. Well, God has shifted everything. But the narrative they created, this is a, this is a survey that was just done by a CBS poll. And what the, this is coming out of that narrative of the last eight years and what they've been saying. This is what people now believe from this survey. Listen to what the survey says. It says, nearly 66% of Democrats believe that while Islam is dangerous, Christianity is just as bad. I mean, you think about that, but you, the narrative, what we heard coming out of the White House, what we heard coming from the courthouses, what we heard coming from all the media, they were trying to, you remember the prayer, National Prayer Breakfast where uh, former President Barack Obama stood up and said, let's, let's don't forget the Crusaders here. Let's don't get on our high horse. I mean, he began to really just, just put that, compare and the reason why the Crusaders came alone is because there was radical Islam beheading folks and the, the church had to rise up at that day and deal with what was happening to stop it. Well, there's different forms of government today and we're having to rise up and stop it today. So 66%, nearly 66% the survey says of Democrats surveyed uh, said in the survey said that, that, that Christianity, as a matter of fact, look at this next slide right here. He says what they said. They said, this trusted attitude towards, this trusting attitude towards Islam is revealed in a new CBS poll. According to the poll of more than 1,000 adults, about seven in 10 Democrats believe that Christianity, Judaism, Mormonism, etc., all that, uh, encourage just as much violence as Islam. I mean, come on. I mean, think about this. This one particular man that had a mindset uh, about God, and he was agnostic and atheist and and uh, they were talking to him and they said, well, listen, let me give you this little scenario here. Okay, you're riding in this on this road in the middle of the woods. I mean, it is dark, there's nobody around, you've been driving for miles, and all of a sudden your car breaks down. 
you get out, you can't, your, your tire's flat, you're trying to fix your tire, you can't fix it. There's no phone call to call, there's nobody, to, there's nobody you can reach, you're all by yourself, and all of a sudden you hear some people coming through the woods, you can hear the leaves crunching, you can hear them getting closer and getting closer and getting closer, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, your tension's up, you don't know what's about to happen. And this is the question he asked him. He started seeing these five guys come his way. He says, this is the question I wanna ask you. Of all the people those five guys can be, would you be glad to find out they were Christian coming, Christians coming? And he said, yes. Even an atheist knows that Christianity, walking you know, humbly before the Lord, is a blessing to a country. And this atheist said, it's nothing like this survey's talking. As a matter of fact, the survey goes on to say here that only 14% of Democrats believe that Islam encourages more violence than religion. But you understand, eight years, if you are 18 years old today, by the time, when President Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama was in office, you were 10. And what were you paying attention to at 10? But you're starting to pay attention in the next eight years. So all you heard basically was, was that narrative coming out of the White House, coming out of the courthouse, coming out of media. And look how easily you can change mindsets where things that are not true, people start believing is true. Just to let you know that, uh, that Christianity is, is, uh, is an amazing uh, presence in a nation. A nation is blessed whose God's the Lord's. The economy's blessed. America is a, a Judeo-Christian nation. That's why it's, it's been the most blessed nation in the history of the world outside of Israel. And, uh, and it's just a lie. It's just not true. But people believe that lie. And this is why it's so important for VFN TV and us to stay together and begin to have a true conversation about what's going on. Listen, we get back from this break. Speaking of controlling what people are thinking and the narrative that's going out across the land and the media that's going on, did you know it's reportedly that it's alleged that 50 men, 50 people in Silicon Valley, where they create all this programming and Facebooks and you know, Twitter and all these different kind of uh, digital accounts, 50 control the behaviors of 1 billion people on the face of the earth. We're gonna find out about that more from the break. Follow, come after the break. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on VFN TV and the Daily Radio program. Every single day we are on the air talking to the world and encouraging you by bringing the light, keeping the conversation light. And we also talk to you in many different ways as well. One way is at the VFN Torch. If you go to VFNTV.com and click on the torch, our program that we have for years now with all these pertinent topics of the day plus things that you need to know is right there for you where you can go back and, and educate yourself on a particular matter. You can share things with a friend. You can listen to us and, and in addition in SoundCloud as well. You can share things audibly with other, other listeners out there and other viewers and friends. There's just so much available to you at VFNTV.com. In addition, think about this. It's, we come to you in the air, broadcasting in the air, in your pocket, which is on mobile devices and online. We're all over the world and we wanna be able to bring encouragement to you. And we do that one way with our app. 
you can go to uh, your app, Apple App Store, you can go to Google Play Store and, or your Windows Store and, and get your app and download it. The, the app is called VFN TV. Of course, you go to VFNTV.com. We have our little uh, area there. You can pick which app you want to be able to download. It's just so exciting to know that no matter where you are, we want to be able to encourage you. I don't know if you knew about this, but also you can sign up for our Torch newsletter. We have a gift for you for doing that. You just go to vfntv.com in the upper right-hand corner and fill out that little information and immediately a free gift will come to you. One of them is prudent preparation. Hopefully it's going to come to you and teach you how to probably prepare for the day, uh, what's happening in our culture today and how to think outside the box. And this is something we want to be able to give to you, plus some other gifts as well. And I also want to make sure that you have a chance to be able to become a VFN TV partner. We have a whole partners area just to say thank you. It's, a, it's special areas, special events, green room, things we have available just to give our partners, just to be able to say thank you. Imagine anytime you can log into the partners area. Why? Because you partnered for any dollar figure at all to be able to, 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 to say thank you. Things you can share with your friends as well. Also, we have VFN Kingdom Business Partners, a whole nother area to be able to focus on the seven spheres of culture. Just very encouraging. And finally, I want to encourage you, maybe your business, maybe you want to become a business sponsor. Um, those are the ones that are standing with us, that want to keep the conversation light, that want to impact their community, but also want to be able to share their business, their service, what they provide for their community. You can do that by going to vfntv.com. Thank you so much and thanks for watching. Welcome, welcome back. That is so exciting. You know, of course, Lance Walnut mm -hmm. wrote a book. You know the name of his book he wrote? He mm -hmm. prophesied that, that uh, you know, Donald Trump would be a Cyrus, you know, a 45th president, yeah. Isaiah, I believe, 45, and, uh, and he, he, he nailed it. Like a bulldozer just going through, just wreaking havoc in every political uh, establishment that we think has to be, and he's just showing, right. breaking all the mindsets. This one, sort of like the, the, the Patriots, you know, you heard the same echoing when they said, well, nobody's ever come back from two touchdowns. You 25 know. points. Yeah, and they, they were saying, it's like, man, yeah. we it's don't over. even believe those statements anymore. It's I mean, over. All things are possible through God. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at this breakthrough take place. It's so important. I mean, think about it. We're about to talk about with 50 people controlling the behaviors of, mm -hmm. a, of one seventh of the world's population, or a billion folks. That's just not right. Mm. As a matter of fact, one of the coworkers that worked in that realm, he began to think about it and, and just think, you know, we gotta begin to be better stewards of what we're doing. And uh, he sat down for an interview uh, with PBS and, and it really helps us understand, it's, I'm encouraged that they're thinking about it. I'm encouraged right. that they're thinking about, you know, don't, we shouldn't be. We should be realizing how much of an impact yeah. technology has on right. relationships. And what they're trying to do is get your eye get you looking at it long enough so yeah. that they can throw commercials up. If they throw like three little, you know, commercials up, then they get paid for you mm -hmm. seeing those commercials. So what keeps you there? As a matter of fact, let's go listen to this interview now and it makes you really alert. When you see your grandkids, they all walk around, stick look in their face looking at their phone. You look at your kids, they're looking mm -hmm. at their phone. But you also look at their parents. Their parents are looking, but one's looking at junk, one's balancing their checkbook, and one's looking at their schedule. There's different things going on on that thing. But let's take a look right now. 50, this guy's reporting that 50 uh, uh, Silicon Valley, Valley programmers are controlling the behavior because that's what they're hired mm -hmm. to do, to get eye time on all this technology. Take a look. One billion of us own a smartphone and we know how addicting it can be. 
One former Google employee says, this is no accident. Indeed, it is by design. And he became troubled by the relentless efforts of app developers to keep us glued to the gadgets. So Tristan Harris founded an organization called Time Well Spent. He's asking the tech industry to bring what he calls ethical design to its products. NewsHour special correspondent Kat Wise has more, part of our ongoing collaboration with The Atlantic. I noticed when I was at Stanford, uh, there, was a, there was a class called the Persuasive uh, Technology Design class. And there's a whole lab at Stanford that teaches students how to apply uh, persuasive psychology principles into technology to persuade people to use products in a certain way. So it's not about giving you all this freedom, it's about sucking you in to take your time. So the goal is to keep us on our devices longer. Why? For any company whose business model is advertising or engagement-based advertising, meaning they care about the amount of time someone spends on the product, uh, you know, they make more money the more time people spend. So the game becomes, how can I throw different persuasive techniques to get people to stay, to spend as long as possible, and to come back tomorrow? And it's clearly working. Today, wherever we go, we're inevitably surrounded by fellow citizens staring into their phones, as we usually are too. What do you think about when you're out in public and see people on their cell phones? You know, have you ever been in a moment where you're, you're sitting there and you just start using your phone to do something productive? Maybe you're in the back of a car, in a taxi, or you're on public transportation. You know, your phone is always giving you a, a way to spend time that's, that can be more productive, more entertaining, or more stimulating than reality. I often say that this puts a new choice on life's menu that's sweeter than reality. And so we're turning to it more and more often. We check our phones about 150 times a day. And what are the costs of that sort of constant interaction with, with technology, both on an individual level and as a society? Well, uh, I think you know, each of us have to tune in for our own experience. I mean, what, what does it feel like when we check our phones 150 times a day? Or what does it feel like if we've been scrolling and, and had our, our face down and not breathing very much when we're scrolling for, say, 20 minutes? I mean, how, how do we feel on the inside? How do you feel on the inside? I feel like I uh, don't feel very good after that. Uh, I feel like my anxiety goes up. I feel uh, more concerned about what I'm missing. Um, what I'm missing out on, who I haven't gotten back to, oh, I, you know, people think that I'm bad at getting back to them. All of this sort of psychology emerges all because of this one thing in my pocket. And we've never had uh, a media device that literally a billion people are kind of being programmed in the same way, where so much influence is in the hands of a few technology designers. At Google, Harris was a so-called product philosopher and helped design the Gmail inbox app. First of all, there was no one in the Gmail team who said, how can we addict people to email? There's no one who said that. That was never a goal. But you did hear conversations like, um, should we make it buzz your phone every single time you get an email? You know, there's a, oh, there's a design question. But the, the outcome of that one choice would be a billion people getting buzzed at dinners with their dates and with their friends and with their family. All of these billions of phones, by the product of this one choice, would be affected and interrupted all the time. And that was a conversation that you weren't having. I was getting a little bit disenchanted with whether or not uh, we were having, I thought, the bigger conversation about when email or any product that we make actually makes a positive impact on people's lives. And I made kind of a, a slide deck, a manifesto. It basically said, never before in history have 50 mostly male 20 to 35 year old designers living in California working at three tech companies 
influenced how a billion people spend their time. This is Coffee Bar in San Francisco, a popular hangout for high-powered techies like Harris, the ones whose choices can influence so many. This idea of missing something, I think that drives a lot of us. Tony Robbins has a great quote. He says, you know, I run eight companies and I have thousands of employees. What do you think the chances are that at any given moment, if I check my email, something has gone wrong? With his organization, Time Well Spent, Harris is urging peers in the tech world to have new conversations about the best interests of consumers. We need to change the incentive. I mean, I think so long as the business model of um, technology companies is advertising, uh, we are going to have a problem. And that's what you know, we're trying to do with Time Well Spent, is to change the conversation from being about maximizing engagement and time to being about maximizing net positive improvements to people's lives. What are some examples of um, you know, apps that people use um, on a pretty regular basis um, and, and the ways that these companies are drawing this in? Have you noticed if you ever log into uh, Twitter, as an example? So there's an extra delay that you don't know how long it's going to take. It's between two and three seconds. Um, where that the number of new notifications on Twitter you have. So why is that there? Well, it makes that into a, what's called a variable schedule reward. It's like a slot machine. So you're playing the slot machine, and there's a time delay, and you're in that time delay, your anticipation's building, and then you get to see how many notifications I get. And so you become more addicted to checking it again the next time. It sounds like there's just a lot of sort of trickery going on here. I, I call it the race to the bottom of the brainstem to you know, get people's attention at all costs. You know, let's say I'm YouTube and I've got a certain amount of people's attention. You know, what's YouTube's biggest competitor? Probably Facebook. Or take the CEO of Netflix recently said that the biggest competitors to Netflix are probably YouTube, Facebook, and sleep. Meaning... Sleep. Sleep. Because at the end of the day, there's a finite amount of time people have and if you're not getting people's time, someone else, some other app, or some other part of someone's life is going to get it. So these services are in competition with where we would want to spend our time, whether that's our sleep or with our friends. There's this war going on to get as much attention as possible. Tristan, tell me about how you use your phone. Uh, well, um, I mean, I try to uh, use it as consciously as I can. Um, I mean, one thing, for example, is I set it up so that uh, I just have my in and out tools and my aspirational ways I want to spend my time on my home screens. And what notice, do you mean by in and out tools? What does that mean? The tool is something that you, you use and you never use it longer or more than you want it to. For example, Google Maps. Like, if I need directions, I don't end up scrolling through Google Maps for a half an hour randomly, right? I, I just go in, I find where I need to go, and then I go out. And these are things that really don't draw you in for long periods of time. There's nothing on my home screen that is explicitly makes money from or wants to maximize how much time I spend. And I put all those other things inside of folders that are hidden. Are people still texting you or are, are sort of your friends and um, colleagues, maybe they're not texting you or trying to you know, reach out in, in a way that would distract you so often. At the end of the day, the thing that dictates what, how someone reaches out to you and whether they use Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or iMessage isn't because they're thinking deeply about it. It's because it's just the fastest and easiest thing to reach for. And so I think we have to recognize that as human beings, there's just a certain set of things we're vulnerable to that, that do influence us. And if it buzzes right now, I would probably, without even thinking about it, with you here, check it. And so if I don't want that to happen, I just have to put it away. 
In fact, my phone just buzzed right now. <laughs> then I just looked. There you go. Even knowing what you know, you still picked it up. And this is the thing that even the people in the world of persuasion we were talking about earlier, who know all about these, these tricks of how to get people to use products and to use a slot machine dynamic, whatever it is, they'll tell you that they themselves are no less vulnerable than the regular person because these techniques work on everybody. It's just part of being a human. you're looking at it, it's, like it's, a, it's a race to the bottom of the brainstem. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, this, uh, they're basically saying, let's do all the thinking for them. Yeah. And they'll say, well, I don't have to think. And then they advertise while you go find their thoughts out. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I remember, you know, we remember when there was only like three or four channels for television and, you know, and the news came on. You remember hearing things like, shh, be quiet, the news is on, stop talking. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's something about, you know, television, mm -hmm. media that just gets our attention. God's designed us that way. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. uh, we have an offer for you to, for free, just for us uh, becoming a partner of any amount whatsoever. We'll send this to you. And it's about faith, mindsets matter. It's so important, it'll change your destiny. And if you allow other people to constantly decide what you think, they're going to decide how you feel. They're going to decide your destiny. Mm -hmm. And that's what, really what they're doing. The advertisers are wanting you to buy their product. Google, Google doesn't charge anything because they, ch they charge the advertisers oh, to the advertise. Advertisers. Yep. And every time you click and they see something, an ad pops up, they make money. Quite a bit of money, as a matter of fact. And so you're looking at right now that we got to begin to take charge of, we got to begin to take charge of our, um, we got to begin to take charge of our environment, our digital environment. Oh, what's going on? These things are happening. What we're allowing in. Yeah, and I really believe they're going to be used powerfully by God. Mm -hmm. You know, and they are right now. I mean, actually, we're reaching over 100 countries yes. right now. But you have to, we, we went through this whole dark ages when we're going from paper to plastic, from, from paper type of concept of managing things years ago to digitally managing things. And everything got bigger, got more demanding, and we realized you know, what it was is we needed to have technology submit to us. Mm -hmm. We didn't need to submit to technology. And so and that's very important because we're going in a day and age where you can touch the world. I already believe some of the prophetic words that have been given by Patricia King. And we're seeing ourselves through the VFN Torch and our own presence on Facebook and Twitter. John Kilpatrick's John, the shares. Yeah, exactly. And so you're looking at a way that you're going to be able to mm -hmm. minister to the thousands of people. But the question is, when are you going to put it down? Yeah this gift for you, your partnership with any amount. And it's our partners that keep us on the air, our partners and our sponsors. It's called Faith Mindsets That Matter. I'm telling you, think about this. If you're drinking a milkshake and whatever you think about that milkshake can either put weight on you or mm -hmm. take weight off, think about that. Yeah. For you, for any gift whatsoever. <laughs> As a matter of fact, here's some more details. Offer 2023, Faith Mindsets Matter. Changing your mind can and will change your destiny. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, created to be like God, in His image and likeness, who gives a free will to live your life being so amazingly created. Yet not being aware of the power God has given us and how He created us can lead to a life of struggle, difficulty, and blame as we seek to discover the why to the question, why is my life the way it is? In this message, you'll discover the power the Lord has given you in your own free will in seeing when you change your mind, you can change your destiny, your mindsets, how you think about everything, God, yourself, 
others, food, your work, the church, everything matters. You'll find out how all these can get better when you begin to understand how your thoughts have brought much of those struggles in your life. You'll discover how someone can go through the very same experience, pain, work the same, eat the same food, but all have completely different body responses to them all because of how they thought about them. It's empowering and enlightening and a must experience message if you are ready to move on past what has held you back for so many years. Change your mind and you can change your destiny. Partner now by going to vfntv.com and choose Partner Now. Or you can write to us by mail at vfntv. That's 40 West Nine Mile Road, number two, PMB 360 at Pensacola, Florida, 32534. Or call us at 844-408-3688. That's offer 2023. Faith Mindsets Matter. Changing your mind can and will change your destiny. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. Is religion banned in the workplace? This is Law and Justice with Jay Sekulow. The question was that I send trainees on a training trip for a couple of weeks, and they are typically put together with roommates in hotels. I've had a trainee who she likes to read her Bible and have quiet meditation time, and she's concerned that having a roommate would interfere with that. When you have a situation like this, it depends on your policy. If the policy is for economic reasons that you have the employees have roommates, then she should have a roommate also, and she certainly can go to a quiet place in the hotel and uh, study the Bible. You don't want to do anything to interfere with her sincerely held religious beliefs or Bible study or times of prayer. You should try to accommodate that, obviously. But I, I don't think you have to exclude your general policy of having roommates if that's the company's policy. As long as it's equally enforced, there should be no problem. For more information about your rights in the workplace, visit us on our website at aclj.org. That's aclj.org. Hi, this is John Maxwell and Bert Malat from Helselp, Belgium. Uh, who's a coach and a trainer, has sent in the word congruence. And this continues in our series to coaches and speakers uh, with Minute with Maxwell of, of coming alongside of you and just taking a word and, and just kind of maybe applying it to what you do as a leader and as a coach. Now, congruence really means that what I do and what I say matches up. And it's impossible to lead when a leader's actions and a leader's words are different. All it does is create a mass confusion among followers. And yet, so many times, leaders' actions and, and, and their words don't match. And I have found myself in my own leadership life. It's easier to tell somebody what to do than to show somebody what to do. It's easier to ask somebody to, to do something and not do it ourselves. I mean, talking is quite cheap and it's quite easy. Doing is a little bit more difficult. But here's what I know. The credibility of a leader is determined by not only what he or she says, but the congruence and the ability to do and match up and march to the same words that they've just suggested that you and I follow. Uh, values, vision, things that are so important to a leader's life. We have to show those things to them. People do what people see. Example is, I think, the greatest asset of a leader. Leadership is visual. 
So the next time you're ready to move your people, make sure that the words you say and the actions you do match. And if they do come together in congruence, good, good news for you, my friend, your people will follow you. Welcome back to VFN TV with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome, welcome back. That was something, wasn't it? You're looking at, you know, 50 potential mm-hmm. Silicon Valley workers. Affecting a billion. A billion with folks. With a B. You know, and you're thinking, well, that case is not true, but you probably checked your, your phone yeah. even while you're talking. And the thing about it is, is like, I like the way he had his, because you can set your phone up if you have a smartphone by putting only certain mm-hmm. apps on the very front and then shove everything back in folders and you don't you don't know if things are coming yeah. in. It doesn't really matter. Somebody's still in like- Push away that temptation so you don't feel drawn to say, oh, the, all, all those little numbers. Yeah, like, like, I like I people, need to push on it. People go, I sent you a message. I haven't I checked it. it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know when I it's check okay. it. It's okay, I didn't on. see it. Yeah. Oh my goodness, there's a billion folks. We think on the Gulf Coast alone, you know, we love to hear from our <laughs> yeah, audience. Absolutely. You know, we love to hear what you're, what you're saying and your feedback. The positive stuff, I was saying, right? Now there's like 1.4 what four million just on the Gulf Coast mm-hmm. alone, and it's exciting. It really is exciting. And I got some secrets I can't share that we're gonna, it's going to happen on the Gulf Coast, but they told me don't share it because you get you're not supposed to know yet. But God's doing some pretty awesome things. We got these prophetic words. These prophetic words, uh, two of them that was given from Stephen Powell, mm. Fort Miles, Fort Mill, South Carolina, and it's about God being unstoppable. Yes. And, you know. God is always unstoppable, but the thing is, He has just shifted everything. You know, this is the year you're going to meet your yes. If you get a yes in your heart for what God's going saying, that you're going to meet that yes. Mm-hmm. You may have been getting a no for quite some time, but you're about to get the yes that you've been looking for. Things were stuck because things were in a bad place, but God showed us mercy just like um, Lance Walnut was mm-hmm. talking about, the Lord shared with me and shared with uh, Pastor John Kilpatrick, Church of His Presence. Mercy's here. Let's go with it. Walk in it, yes. Yeah, so let's hear about this word from Powell, Stephen Powell, Fort Mill, South Carolina, about how God is unstoppable. Yes. What, is, what is this prophetic word? He says, there is great momentum behind President Trump right now. Momentum can't be manufactured. It is a part of a spiritual movement, which in this case is part of a move of God. The momentum enabled him to snatch the presidency from certain defeat. It enabled him to overcome the impossible, and he'll do the same while governing. Where people believe he won't be able to do this, he won't be able to do that, this momentum and this spiritual force behind him will cause him to break through barriers others failed to break through. I hear the Lord saying, this man is unstoppable unstoppable because I'm unstoppable. My so God is, yeah, is we're, we're not talking yeah. about like Donald Trump is some power. No, we're talking about God's God himself. behind him. Yes. Just like we, were, we heard about even an earlier word from Lance Wallen at the beginning mm-hmm. of this program where, you know, just like Elijah went in and anointed Jehu, a governmental leader, and all of a sudden Jehu had this anointing to go and change government. Yep. He dealt with Jezebel. Changed the entire structure. He dealt with leadership. Ahab. He dealt with all their little judges and all their little leaders they yeah. put up all over the place. And it's going to be more than the first hundred days. (laughs) And so you're looking at this is a God thing. Very exciting, yes. I think it's so important to remember this and that when you pray for rain and it starts raining, we should say, God, thank you for the rain and celebrate the rain. When we pray, God, that would God save our country, turn us from where we're going, but then we just go back to sleep or we just go back to do do whatever we're doing or we don't, we are scared to speak up for Mm -hmm. God's chosen leadership over your life or Mm -hmm. in a nation then we're partnering with the very thing that, that, yeah. that caused the damage and the problem in the first place. We have to stand up. God said specifically to me, 
that the church is, he's going to be standing with the church. He's going to be a friend of the church. I knew this before. He even told me that he was going to be the president. The Lord told me that, you know, uh, Donald Trump would be the president. But he showed me the second the president, whoever it was going to be at that time, was going to be um, uh, a friend of the church. I mean, he told me that. And it was. It would, the second he came off the podium, mm-hmm. he embraced the church. He embraced the, uh, the, the Israel. He with one phone call. Fixed. With one phone call. And, yeah. and so we need to really just be bold and realize God is, this is an unstoppable. You know, you don't, some people think about making things happen. Uh, some people make things happen, but most people just wonder what happened. Right. And the thing about it is you have to get involved and say, you know what, this is happening right now. I don't want this to be a surreal moment. Let's go for it. Let's, yeah. let's do things in a loving and a kind way, but let's, let's t- it's time to do everything God's called us to do. Let's go on with that word. Yes. Yeah. He says, I hear the Lord saying, this man is unstoppable because I'm unstoppable. My kingdom is unstoppable. And this man has a mandate from heaven. He has momentum that is not his own. His movement will not dissipate. It will grow. It will reach beyond the borders of American governing. It will inspire. It will stir up a nest. This is important because some people say we're saying that President Donald Trump doesn't have a mandate. And it's like, well, he has a huge mandate. Yes. His supporters might not have the mic because there's a small group of folks that have a mic and they have, you know, media empires mm-hmm. and they're reporting their viewpoints of things. But there is a huge groundswelling of saying we want to be safe. We want to be secure. We yeah. want to be supportive of our Judeo-Christian values, and we want to be able to stand with Israel. But listen to this. What this prophetic word is, is saying, listen, God has given our president a mandate. Look at what he's done since he's been in office. It's just like, it's been an hour, right? It's been a couple weeks. (laughs) And it's just, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited, though. Recently, they approved, you know, his cabinet appointment. Yeah, Betsy DeVos. And uh, it's like, we pray about the seven mountains. We talk about VFN Kingdom business all the time. Mm And we have a prayer community. We're praying over these mountains. And I'm like, what do you pray? The big thing we pray is grace. Yes. Grace over these mountains. And now at the head of the education mountain is a Christian woman who loves God, who yeah. loves the kids, who dislikes all the governmental things that focused on adults and government and not our kids. We're producing the lowest standard education mm-hmm. in the history, I believe, of America now. And she's going to go in there and just flip it upside yeah. down. She says, a, she, Betsy DeVos is a huge answer yeah. to prayer for Christians that have been praying. Listen, if you're a teacher and you're a good teacher, you're going to be around. Mm. But if somebody's not a good teacher, the way that many people say, well, bad cops need to go. Well, bad teachers need to go. Mm. You know, bad, you need to let those kind of things go. And somebody says, well, give them about five years. Well, five years is your kid's high school time. That All they're going to know is what that bad teacher told them in five mm-hmm. years. And so it's time for us to, to really embrace so it's not just the president with this mandate, but each of these cabinets, when you look at the head of ExxonMobil, that's mm-hmm. had the largest company reportedly in the world. Rex Tillerson. Rex Tillerson did them with these particular countries, and he decided to put his billions of dollars and divest himself from that and come and help us mm-hmm. out. It's huge. All of them, yeah. and it's so exciting. When you think about the governor of Texas is gonna be over nuclear power, mm-hmm. over nuclear weapons. Rick Perry. Rick Perry, you know, energy. And think about Texas is yes. gonna be over energy. It's amazing. And it's so exciting to see these things taking place. And so this is a mandate. Yes. It's, it's why you've never heard of anything like, if you look at history, you've never seen uh, something so powerful take place. But he has, when he got in office, he didn't take money from folks. So what the other people, when they came in, they owed so many mm-hmm. favors to so many people, they couldn't really be themselves. Selected before they were like. Oh, that's exactly what the pastor yeah. of President Barack Obama said, former president. Mm-hmm. He said, 
you have to understand that that Barack Obama was selected before he was mm -hmm. elected, and he obviously was selected for a lot of different things, and those things came to pass. He yeah. probably squeezed in things that he wanted, but there is no, the mandate on our current president, according to this word, is from heaven itself. Yes. And we're seeing, literally angels must be just stirring everything. Mm -hmm. Let's continue that word. Yes. It says, as the eagle stirs up the nest, so the Lord will do through this man. People are laughing at him, saying that his plans are too bold, his ideas are too big, and his plans will not work. Because after all, what president has been able to do these things before without gridlock? But the Lord is saying, this president shall not be in gridlock, for his strength is not his own. I have put a spirit of breakthrough on this man and on this land, and he will do things that will be monumental for the generations to come. I will use him to stir up the nest and cause this young generation of young eagles to soar. This Praise is God. This is a breakthrough yes. year. God's put a breakthrough anointing on yes. our president. We're seeing him break through. I mean, it hadn't been 30 days, and he's breaking through all these barriers, but this is God doing this. Mm -hmm. This is, And I've never seen a president in my lifetime more humble in the presence of clergy. I mean, he, he, he walks into the presence of, of ministers. He humbles himself. He bows his head. He prays. He receives prayer. You know, most people are so concerned about what it looks like. And as a matter of fact, in our future program, we're going to have the National Prayer Breakfast showing you what took place just a couple days ago. Because Powerful. a couple years prior to that, under the, the former President Barack Obama, mm -hmm. a two-star general was going to be uh, uh, court-martialed for having a prayer, a national prayer, because of that mindset that was there. Mm -hmm. That mindset's gone. As a matter of fact, our president was at this one. Listen, we get back from the break. We have another prophetic word coming from the same man talking about the Trump effect. A new class of young politicians are on the rise. Join us after the break. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. The sights, the monuments, the faith are beyond belief. But beyond the ancient homeland you've always known, discover how all of Israel is beyond belief. Immerse yourself deeper. Reawaken your passion with a thousand new perspectives. Your heart will stay, but you will return renewed and amazed beyond belief. Your journey begins here. Welcome back to VFN TV with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome, welcome back. This is so many encouraging words. I mean, our mindsets. Make sure you, you partner and get that free offer we have for you for your partnership of any amount. You know, the faith mindset's taking place. We're going to continue this word, this prophetic word. This specific one is a, a prophetic word to President Donald Trump. This is so important because if you notice, this is the season of almost looking like it's over, but God yeah. steps in. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, let's hear, let's hear this word. The Lord would say to President Trump, continue to be unstoppable, for I will make you unbreakable. For even when they plot and scheme and shrewdly construct their ways against you, I will give you the upper hand. I will give you their next moves. The enemy will not outmaneuver you, Mr. Trump, for I am with you now in this time, in this hour, to move something forward which has been stuck for years. This is so important. We've talked about you know, that. The, the, the prophetic word is that you know that, that God has shown me that that really Washington D.C. is a house of cards. 
but it is a house, and that God's going to bring a bulldozer through there. He's going to send a, a wind that brings down all the, the idols and the monuments, not the actual monuments, but the things they built to themselves. And you're seeing people try to take a staunch stand going like, well, we're not going to let them go too far. And it's like, this God's going to yeah. make sure yeah. that this, this is a God thing, not a Trump thing. Go ahead. And he continues to say, yes, even the past generation could not complete their assignment because Israel could not possess their land just as it was in Joshua's day. But as Joshua was preserved and matured for his hour of conquest, so have I preserved and matured you, Mr. Trump, for the time that would come to take the land. First, you lead a charge to take back your own land, a land which I've given for this republic which shall continue to stand. But I am the Lord, and I have purposed my chosen people, Israel, to have their land, and they, they shall have their land. This is exciting yes. because America's going to hang around yes. and Israel's going to hang around. She's beautiful. Okay. And he says, For I, the Lord, have spoken it even before you were born. Israel, my chosen people, shall have their land, and nothing shall stop this. You, Mr. Trump, I have made unstoppable, not just for your nation, but for Israel too. For you shall minister to her, you shall protect her, and you shall set an agenda with her, partnering together for the next stage in my plans. Mm. And in this also you shall not be gridlocked like prior administrations have, for I am with you and with the progress you make on this state's side. So you will carry this unstoppable anointing across the sea. This is exciting. This is precious. So, this is amazing. Yeah, people are trying to interrupt what God's doing through this leader. And, he, mm-hmm. and whoever heard of they left him without a cabinet for a while. He just jumped in there, grabbed a pen, got four hours sleep a night, and began mm-hmm. to shift everything through executive orders. And it's amazing how he's not intimidated. by He's humbled by the leadership, but he's not yeah. intimidated by that leadership. Yeah. And the last thing he says, I have commanded my people to hear you, to heed your voice for the, the, for the frequency I've given you is not your own. It's the frequency of awakening. It's the sound of freedom. It's a strength my people need, and they shall receive hope in this hour, which will be like oxygen to their lifeblood. The nation will receive fresh life again, because when you hope in me, you receive fresh life. This is so exciting. You know, you're looking at, you know, God has anointed him. He talks about, he has his voice that just kind of resounds over the bad media that's Mm -hmm. going on. He kept his Twitter account, because I encourage you to hook up to the Twitter and connect mm-hmm. so you can hear a true report coming from the White House and from our president. But I think about this, I think about this. Immediately when this mindset started coming over Washington, D.C., the new leadership, that all of a sudden they're talking about the Lord, this national prayer breakfast, you have Democratic uh, 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 congressmen and uh, De- Republican congressmen coming mm-hmm. together and they're praying together, yes. they're having a prayer meeting. We knew about a slight prayer meeting, but now they're really coming together and at the National, pr- at the national Prayer Breakfast. Yes. As a matter of fact, we're gonna let, let our answered prayer clo- have the closing prayer today as you're looking at a Republican and a Democrat talking to Jesus about government at the National Prayer Breakfast. breakfast. We'll let them close it out, God bless. Good morning. At first glance, you may think that Robert Adderholt, a conservative Republican, very conservative, (laughs) from northern Alabama, (laughs) and a progressive Democrat from Southern California have nothing in common. And yet we find commonalities through our shared belief in hope, prayer, and Jesus. For several years now, we have had the privilege to lead and to uh, uh, help organize the weekly House Prayer Breakfast Group, uh, and to see it grow in both numbers and also in depth of friendship. The world around us 
has always been divided. Uh, it's, it's not just a recent, recent phenomenon. But in all such times, there have been men and women who have found a true path to unity and cooperation through prayer. We're experiencing that in our house breakfast, and we would recommend it all to you as well. The best way we have found to become closer is to pray with each other and for each other. Now, like we do so many mornings of the year, we are going to pray. Please join us. Lord, thank you for the unique, unifying power of prayer. We can't stay angry or divided when we pray. I thank you for my uh, brother Paco here and all the ways he has enriched and uh, brought joy and encouragement to me. Uh, and we just thank you for uh, the house group that we're able to come together each and every week and to uh, also have this time together uh, with all of our friends from around the world. And I thank you, Lord, for Robert and the other Republican and Democratic members of our prayer group. We are constantly learning from one another so we can unify and not divide. Lord, while in these opulent surroundings, let us especially remember before you the poor of the world. We in this room are graced with your blessings. As such, it is our responsibility to pray for and help those who are less fortunate. Lord, you taught us that in the economy of your kingdom, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. May our hearts be broken by the things that break your heart, O Lord. And as a result, may we pursue personal action and policies that create peace, equality, and justice. And we privately in silence seek your guidance and grace for the poor. Lord, hear our prayer. I agree with my brother's prayer. We bring before you now the hearts and the minds and the bodies of the leaders of this nation and this world. Lord, I believe you created the institution of leadership to make the most of this challenging world. We need our leaders to make decisions, to organize common effort, to inspire us and to overcome all the forces that drive us apart. We pray for our republic and the interaction between its three distinct branches, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. We pray for the leaders of the House and the Senate. We pray for President Trump and Vice President Pence and their families. We pray for the new cabinet and the military leaders who serve this nation. We pray for the Supreme Court, the federal judiciary, and the men and women of law enforcement across this land. And we pray for the leaders of the world who serve in lands of endless variety to deal with the same basic human challenges that we face. We also pray for the Prime Minister and the King who are with us in this room this morning. And we privately in silence now intercede for the leaders you now put on our hearts to pray for. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, as we learn to pray and to love each other as you have called us to do, deliver us from the temptation to get even, to make ourselves overly important and to always need to be right. May your kingdom come and your will be done in our midst. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We want to give a special thanks to all of our sponsors and partners. Visit VFNTV.com and visit our sponsors for all of their contact information, phone numbers, web addresses, emails. Call them today. 
I'm your host, Greg Lancaster, and we're so glad that you joined us. Don't forget you can join us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download our app and sign up for our newsletter, The Torch, at vfntv.com. I've enjoyed our time together. God bless. You know, there's something about when you first get saved that the first thing that most people think about is like, there's nobody, there's nobody like me. Mm. And you're very thankful. You're grateful that God has forgiven you, but you're not sharing with anybody. Cause you look at everybody else. You think, well, obviously all these folks are walking on water. Yeah, right. I mean, they talk about these like these books, they got the books memorized, you know, they got like this book of uh, Malachi and you know, Matthew and, uh, Jonathan, you know, <laughs> you know whatever they are. <laughs> and so, you know, they're just like, oh my goodness. And the greatest thing that, that we can do for each other is to tell them our story. That's right. To let them know, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. People get hope when they find out you needed Jesus too. That's right. They get hope when they find out you're a sinner too, saved by grace, that, that God reached down in the depths of hell mm-hmm. and darkness and and, and, and just great calamity and all your attempts to, to find yourself. And he introduced his father through himself to you when you got saved. Mm-hmm. Sharing your story. Everybody's got a story. That's right. And we share a few of them. We share a few of them with you at meetmyfather.org. Well, listen, the whole purpose of Jesus' ministry was to make the father known. That's our purpose. And our ministry is to make the father known to you through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, get to know God through his awesome awesome son, Jesus Christ, go to meetmyfather.org. You've got to meet my father. Meetmyfather.org. You've got to meet him.